fascinating gadgets, gizmos, and gear-based technologies. Hello, welcome to Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies. I am the malignant mastermind, Daniel J. Glenn, and I've taken over this broadcast. And hopefully there's one man who might be able to stop me, and that's my arch nemesis, the lovable Dr. Michael Denon. Well, Dan, it's great to be here. And we all know love conquers all. And I'm loving this malignant thing, even though I can't say it as well as I can say analytical. So maybe that's your secret weapon that I'll be stuck trying to say your name. Malignant. (laughs) Your your charm and likability is not going to get you out of this, Denon, which you have plenty of that in spades. You also have something that I don't. And that's a trusty and loyal sidekick, Ben Seepser. Ben, what are you doing to prepare yourself against the onslaught that I will that I will inevitably bring upon you? Dan, because of this dark term, I've decided it's very important to brush up a bit on my survival skills. It's been a long time since my training in summer camp, so I've headed out into the woods to give myself a bit of a refresher course. Well, you're going to need it, Ben, because I am going to bring the fury of all that is dark inside of me upon you. Uh, and for those watching, you might be wondering why this sudden turn. What happened? to that lovable analytical mastermind. Well, it turns out we have one of our fans said that Dr. Michael Denon has this great hat, engineer Ben Seepser has his great bow tie, but I don't have anything that makes me unique. Now, apparently superior intellect does not count. So what I've done is I'm going to do a series of looks. This is my evil Dan look, and I'll let you guys vote at home to tell me which one is the best. So that's what we're going to do. And plus, I think that this is going to give me an advantage today, guys, as we talk about surviving a battle royale in Hunger Games. And you know, I like to keep on the cutting edge of technology. I'm reading all the articles. I'm looking at all the abstracts. We like to keep it right on the edge, Den, and you know this, which is why I've decided to look at a 10-year-old movie series. We're going back a decade to find the cutting edge. Uh, What are your thoughts on The Hunger Games? Well, I I love The Hunger Games. When it first happened, as always, the movie disappointed me just a little compared to the books. But I've gotten over that, you know, in the years to come. And, you know, it really is a fun story. But I think there's something more important here, Dan, than you overlooked, is we Mm -hmm. continue to learn things about Ben Seepser. And so it's clearly a great episode because the man (laughs) seems to be full of summer camps. We got aviator (laughs) camp. We got space camp. And now we got survival camp. Like, the list is never ending. I just love it. Well, the real secret, Dr. Denon, is that Aviator Camp is also Wilderness Survival Camp because if you bail out of your airplane, you got to survive in the woods. So that that camp was a great twofer twofer, because I got both (laughs) the survival training and the aviation training. And this is making me feel really good that Ben is my sidekick, Dan, and you're going alone as the evil mastermind because I've got someone who can survive in the woods, which was my biggest fear going into the Hunger Games. (laughs) What's great about that, you know, I'm I'm a lone wolf by nature, and that may be some of the strategy if you're going into a battle royale like like the Hunger Games. You guys may have an advantage being buddies. I may have the advantage being by myself. But I'll tell you one thing I don't have uh, or didn't have when I watched the Hunger Games, and that was the intellectual advantage because I got a fun story for you. So on New Year's Eve, I was stuck. uh, It was flooding all around me. I was stuck inside. So I decided to watch. That's how I came up with this. The Hunger Games was on Amazon Prime. 
all four episodes were on Amazon Prime. I was very excited. So I started watching the first one at 8.45 p.m. The time's important, guys, because I watched it on my computer, was putting it out on a screen via cable, dropped my mouse, closed out the window on my computer, okay? Had to log back in, and now I couldn't find The Hunger Games. It wouldn't load up. Amazon Prime said, now it's a rental. You can't, you can't watch it for free. Now, why? I'm going to ask you guys, why do you think that was the case? Well, I'm suspecting midnight happened, Dan. I mean, that's just a guess, and that they were changing their rules in the new year. <laughs> it's not bad. What do you think, Ben? I think you accidentally logged out or got logged out because it's still on Prime today. Those are fantastic. Um, uh, those are fantastic guesses. Denon, you're correct. So I went and I looked it up, and apparently the license expired at 9 p.m. Pacific time. So I started watching it 15 minutes before it went out. Now, luckily, I was able to rent it and watch it for free. So I was able to finish it. But that's where I was. That's where my luck was. And going into something like The uh, Hunger Dan, Games. Can I, can I ask you a question there? Um, okay. You just said you were able to rent it and watch it for free. Like, how did right. you do that? <laughs> so on Amazon Prime, it's just free and you just watch it. Oh, okay. After 9 p.m., then I had to go through the whole rigmarole of actually renting, renting it, it, clicking rent, and da da da, going through that whole scene. So okay. I could still watch it for free. It just wasn't easy. And then the other movies weren't for free. So gotcha. I don't know what Brian Ben has. Maybe they brought him back. But uh, at I th- midnight, I think, br- I think they brought him back. <laughs> they must have. Yeah. But at midnight, there's a whole list of like 200 films that expired <laughs> at 9 p.m. And that was one of them, which I thought was really funny. Uh, but that kind of luck is not going to help you in the Hunger Games at all, guys, because, you know, we're going to talk about what we're going to get to the bottom of here. Now, I want us to answer one simple question, and that is, how would you survive a Battle Royale situation like this? And there's a couple of different versions here. I'll go through them really quickly. Of course, you got the Hunger Games, which is a bunch of people volunteer. You end up in an arena, fight to the death. There's the movie Battle Royale. Uh, it's a great Japanese movie. came out in the 20s. A bunch of kids get caught. They're not even, it's not their choice. They don't even know what's happening. They get caught in a situation. They got to fight to the finish. Survivor. You know, you get voted off the island, but guys, getting voted off the island is like death. So, and there's a lot of you know, a lot of social things going on there, and of course, video games, Fortnite, player-unknown battlegrounds, those PUBG. That's a great version of this as well. And of course, Highlander, centuries-old battle royale. So, I think we all have the same goal. That's to be number one, to survive, to live. And I'm guessing there's two strategies here. Broad strokes, it's you either go on a blitzkrieg and attack and kill everyone that you can see, or you go the defensive mode, you find yourself some people, get in a group, cooperate, do what humans do, and survive. And hopefully with that big, good enough group, you can get to the end or at least uh, get further in the game. So I'm going to ask you guys, broad strokes, Denon, where are you on the spectrum? So, you know, Dan, as always, um, I'm not. I'm going to ignore your two choices and go in a third direction. <laughs> you know, that's, yep. that's just, I'm, I'm a rebel. I'm a rebel without a cause. That's uh, your move. It's a good move. But I, you know, it's it's kind of in the defensive side. You mentioned the defense and you know forming alliances, um, and I might do a little of that. That's a small part of my strategy. But the big broad strokes overall strategy I have is hide. Um, I love hiding. I love like people not finding me. You know, okay. we're focusing on Hunger Games. Um, mm-hmm. I'm Team Peta. You know, he's great at camouflage, the master of mm-hmm. hiding. And yep. something else people don't know, they know my, my chocolate chip cookie strategy is always where yep. I go in stress. What they don't realize is I'm a master baker like PETA, and I've learned one thing from Hunger Games. If you can bake, you can hide, and you can survive. Um, so <laughs> that's where I'm going. I love that. I mean, it is the Hunger Games. So someone who can bake and satisfy, satiate that hunger, you're going to have a huge advantage that I'm not going to have. Yeah. 
Although I don't know where you get in the oven, but we'll worry about that later. Uh, what about you, Ben? What do you do? Where are you in on, on this spectrum? Well, it's also important to remember, if you bake, you can lift 100-pound sacks of flour, which is also right. very important in, in, a, in a survival situation. That brute strength that I'm sure, that I know Dr. Denon has. Uh, I, I'm, I feel like I'd be the, the defensive, tricky kind of person like Rue and Katniss were doing, you know, drop the, the uh, mutant... Uh, wasps on the bad guys from hiding up in the trees. I need to work on my climbing skills, but I think <laughs> if if I knew I was going to the Hunger Games, I think I'd work on my tree climbing skills so I can drop wasp nests on uh, all my enemies. Is there a summer camp for that, Ben? Yeah, they didn't uh, teach you that in the aviation camp. <laughs> you know, the problem is that's that's a real liability issue. Unfortunately, you know, sure. yeah. you know they're gonna make you do it with ropes and stuff. And at that point, are you really learning anything? Uh, you know, that one you're going to have to do on your own. <laughs> Summer camps in the 70s and 80s were way better because they yeah. didn't worry about any of that stuff. You learned real survival skills there because yeah. if you survived the camp, you could survive anywhere. Well, I think, you know, it's funny that you mentioned Katniss because in a lot of ways, even when she drops the wasps, she's in an alliance, right? Uh, exactly. I, 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 I think you eventually, you this comes down to social skills. I don't think you can do all the killing yourself. And I've never seen an episode of Survivor, and I binged an entire season <laughs> in preparation for this show. And I realized just how important the social game is, even if you're all killing each other, getting down, getting that strong core group, I think is vital. It gives you a huge advantage in a game like this. And I do think part of it then, you know, you mentioned this, the wide variety of them, Dan. So part of it, and I know we're going to talk about it in detail later, is who is the group to begin with? Because that puts the stress on your social skills, right? Like if yeah. you're going in with a great sidekick like I am, you know, I've already got a group of two, mm -hmm. right, to build from. So there's a core and there's some trust there. Now we're a little nervous because we'll eventually have to kill each other. But, you know, yeah. sort of the hope is one of us will accidentally die by somebody else so we don't have to make that decision. Like that's, <laughs> you know, that's my <laughs> mindset in the alliance for me. Um, yeah. but, but you do have, you know, if it's total blank, um, it, one of the things in the social skills I realize is a challenge, Dan, is communication technology, right? right. Because yeah. if the only thing you have is talking to someone face to face, you risk them killing you before you can form the alliance. So I know everyone's focused on weapons, oh, but another yeah. part of my strategy is developing a messaging technology. Um, I'm thinking of paper and pencil as a, you know, a major breakthrough, but sure. you know, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I think hmm. the Egyptians cracked that one. <laughs> but I, I like where you're going. I mean, low, as we talk, low tech sometimes is the best high tech. Offense is the best defense. Low tech is the best high tech. You know, there's a lot of these things you got to wrap your mind around before you realize just how brilliant they are. But I think something else you have to wrap your mind around here, guys, which is important on an episode of Fascinating Nouns, even as the malignant mastermind, I'll plug that. I'll plug the old Daniel J. Glenn's show. Uh, I talked to a guy named Guy Windsor who taught medieval sword fighting. And one of the things he talks about, uh, I somehow get <laughs> ask him if he's ever killed anybody. And he said that the battle, you have three battles there. It gets really dark. I get dark sometimes. Uh, you have to win the physical battle where you actually have to kill the person, right? You have, to, you have to best them. Two, can you win the psychological battle? Can you live with yourself? Can you actually do the deed and, and be okay as a human being? Third one, win the legal battle. In our situation, we're going to throw that one out the window. But the other two are, are very, I think, poignant and things you have to think about because I'm guessing... You know, uh, Denon, you're the lovable guy here. Ben, you're the, the the loyal sidekick. I don't see either one of you putting knife to throat 
uh, and doing what needs to be done, which kind of makes you cattle for an evil guy like me. So what are you doing, Dennis? I'm You're going to hide. I'm going to find you. You got to be, there's only one. Eventually there might be just the two of us. What are you going to do? Well, that, that is my um, advanced trap system, Dan. Okay. Um, so it, it, it is a bit of a cop out, but I know the only way, look, it, you got to survive the mental battle, as you said. Yep. Um, I don't know if I can pull the trigger up close and personal. In fact, I'm pretty sure I can't, um, except maybe by accident in, in the extreme defensive <laughs> fight, right? Like a Barney um, Fife type of situation. Exactly. <laughs> However, you know, in building the traps, I put the pressure on you. You have the choice to just give up and let me win, <laughs> right? What, or, and jump on the trap? What do you mean? Or attempt to get me and die in my traps. And that's right. really your choice, Dan, right? So sure. um, I don't know that I could even live with that one, but forced into this, I think that would be my only path forward is I would, my survival instinct would kick in. I would have to do something. I would not just let you kill me. But right. I think the number one thing I would do, and there, you know, the advantage I have is my massive training watching the Ewoks um, in, in mm. Return of the Jedi. Sure. Um, I understand the low-tech traps that can take out any level of technology, Dan. So no matter what you bring against me, my logs are yeah. going to get you. <laughs> <laughs> they will smash my, they will crush my skull. Uh, what about you, Ben? You've got a little more, a little more experience being that, that dark, that dark human being, or uh, the uh, the malignantly programmed robot, which you know you're right in line with me. So how do you survive something like this mentally? Yeah, mentally. I, I mean, I imagine I'd come out with some serious PTSD, like clearly the uh, <laughs> other participants uh, have, or at least uh, Katniss does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think, but I think the reality is, I I would as much as possible try to use the environment against uh, the others, like uh, like Katniss does. You know. Use, you know, use the, use the wasps, uh, use, you know, wait for others to die of exposure because I'm going to be surviving and doing okay. <laughs> um, I think, I think in some ways I could hopefully just wait a lot of people out and then, you know, have to minimize whatever dirty work I'd have to do. <laughs> It'd be a great show to watch. Just a bunch of people were <laughs> just hiding in lockers and hiding under chairs and tables. Uh, if no one took the initiative, just a bunch of people, you know, sticking their head in the camping. sand. Yeah, just camping. <laughs> right. Yeah, camping. Uh, but I mean, here's the other thing. So we're going to get to the type of situation, because as you kind of alluded to, Denon, there, there are different situations in the Hunger Games. It's all it's a lottery system. You you know it may happen, so you're kind of you can be prepared, or you can volunteer and definitely be prepared. Uh, but there's a there's a chance system there. Uh, in Survivor, it's all volunteer. Everyone's deciding to go to the island. And Battle Royale, they're stuck in this situation, right? In some of those situations, you know the other people you're with, and some of them you don't know. And these all play a major factor when deciding your strategy. But one thing I want to throw at you guys. In a group of 20 to 25 people, right, and even up to 40 in some of these some of these battle royale situations, you're going to have a lot of randos, and you're going to have, there's a good chance you're going to have some psychopath in there, whether by volunteer because they want to do it, or just by chance because unfortunately there's a lot of psychopaths walking around among us. There's also going to be a lot of spazzes, goobers, trolls. There's going to be a bell curve of, of ability if we're talking about a random situation. Now, this is what I think I've been watching too much Survivor because I really think that that social game's important 
Now, I'm going to ask you, I, I'm going to go with you first, Ben. You're in this situation. Okay. You've been to a lot of summer camps. You've been with lots of random mm-hmm. groups of people that you've been thrown into. Let's say we're yes. going the diplomacy route. What are you doing to both suss out who is the best person to align yourself with and also who's the person who's not going to stab you in the back? And sometimes those may be the same person. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely a challenge. Uh and one I'm probably not, unfortunately, the best at. But I, I think <laughs> uh, I think the reality is you, you just got to spend as much time interacting with these people as possible and mm-hmm. uh, sussing out their personalities, figuring out uh, do they have any empathy whatsoever? You know, maybe ask them about uh, how they treated animals when they were children. Uh, that might be a good way to... <laughs> whether they wet the bed or whether they... What's the other third... The, 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 the McDonald's triumvirate or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, just some basic uh, basic uh, psychology questions there uh, sure. to kind of figure out who who is and isn't trustworthy and, and psychopathic uh, and, and get it out there early. Well, I, I love how Ben is going to have time for interviews. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure where this is happening. Uh, is, are you going to set it up at a desk or just at your local yeah, campfire? Yeah, well, I, I, well, I mean, in the Hunger Games, they they have that whole time in the training rooms where they're together. So you could totally yeah. uh, meet oh, your yeah. fellow contestants and kind of figure out. Um, and and you have your uh, sponsors and your mentors, you know, who are doing uh, deep dives on those folks for you too, if you ask them. So. That's the move. I like that. I mean, even in Survivor, you, you've got a lot of time with people. You make time, Denon. If you're trying to suss this stuff, this is life or death, Denon. This is not something to mess around. You're going to find your opportunities to suss out the abilities of other people, the psychological uh, capabilities, and where they are um, emotionally. I think all three of those are important. What do you think, Denon? Oh, very critical. I just figured we were all so busy killing each other. I was wondering when that was happening. But I do like I do like the setup. Of, you know, particularly if you think about Hunger Games, you definitely have time ahead of time. Um, I will say, kind of like Ben, at first I was a little nervous, Dan, about my ability to make these judgments. But I realized two things. One mm-hmm. is um, I am in a university situation, and it is a very common knowledge for those of us um, in that situation, you know, the politics of universities are incredibly harsh. Uh, yeah, yeah. And people are often shocked to find out how political it is until they realize how low the stakes are. And that's really the argument. Um, <laughs> the politics is so bad because the stakes are so low. Sure. Um, <laughs> but the other thing is a minor spoiler alert for any of our viewers who have not seen Bullet Train. This is, I know, don't want to do spoilers. Oh. Very minor one. But I learned in that an important lesson that yeah. Thomas the Tank TV show is a great way to learn about how to judge people. Um, okay, all right. And so knowing that I'm going to go into this situation, I'm going to watch a lot of Thomas the Tank get trained, and that'll give me instant insight. Like, Dan, I'll be able to just look at you and yeah. know whether to trust you or not. So I'm going to hone my skills in this area. I love it. You've got a cookie, you the chocolate chip cookie, uh, what is it, the to- chocolate chip cookie tactics and yep. Thomas the Train um, uh, psychology assessment test. Uh, this is, I mean, this is brilliant strategy. It's also what you do well, Denon, which is surprise somebody with using something that they don't think is a weapon and turn it yep. right against them, uh, which might be something I would have to look at, look out for um, because we're, we're the three of us are buddies, right? Uh, at you know, at worst, we're frenemies, and I think that we still have a bond. We share a bond. And I think that's important. So I want to talk about the differences between playing with people you don't know and playing with a group of people you do now know. Now, let's, for argument's sake, let's say the three of us are put into a situation with 25 other people we don't know. So what do you do in a situation like that? We got both, we got both things. We know some people. We don't know some people. 
And I think you have to find out where your alliances are. Where are you doing that from a diplomacy standpoint? And then we'll get to weapons. What do you say, Denon? Well, I actually, I, I think I would go to the instant pack um, up front. You know, what, what triggers betrayal? Like, mm -hmm. I would immediately use my advanced communication techniques that I've developed, the pen and paper. Right. <laughs> and establish, <laughs> you know, yeah. establish, you know, sort of uh, some immediate guidelines for our alliance. I think it's clear there's no need for us to betray each other until there's minimum five people. Might be less. We might be willing to go till it's just the three of us, right? Sure. And I know... Look, we all know at some point if it really is just one, something bad's going to have to happen to the group dynamics. But I think mm -hmm. we can also, there's enough of a bond going in with certain people. I'm like, okay, we'll make it better by helping each other until the numbers get small enough. We just agree what that number is. And that gives us a safety zone, a safety margin right. um, from which to launch. And even if I don't know people, that's what I'm going to try and do immediately is just be very honest with people and say, look. You know, we're going to have to betray each other eventually, but let's not do it until later and let's agree to that. And I think if you pick wisely, most people will do that. And that does give you this safety margin. Okay. I mean, that's so you would be in a group. So the three of us would be in an alliance and we would know when it gets down to five, you know, all bets are off. But until then, we got each other's back. Yeah, exactly. Okay. What do you think, Ben? Are you are you on board with this? Are you on board with our alliance or how would you adjust <laughs> oh, absolutely. it? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, no, you, you got to ally up. I mean, you at least have to say is, it. You at least have to say you're going to ally up, right? Yeah. I mean, if you watch any of these kinds of shows, movies, etc., the the people who work alone rarely make it to the end because, you know, you can't be awake 24/7. You can't uh, you know, if, if two people approach you are attacking you at once, you're you're in deep trouble. So, yeah, you got you got to have friends. <laughs> I I think so. Uh the thing that would worry me is, you know, I, I look at the, the three of you, and there's 25 other people. We're going to need to get some... I would assume the up. three of us, Dad. What did I say? Three of you? <laughs> yeah. Three of you. Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your, your train of you thought, a, but I was wondering where the fourth person was. You don't have a mouse in your pocket? I thought you were... Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Mortimer the mouse. Uh, so the, the three of us, we are a group. <laughs> I'm already putting myself on the outside because I think the value here... Great segue, Denon. Uh, because I've got to look at you guys as the other, because I think dehumanization has to come into play here, because we can't look at everyone else like people, even though they are. I don't know that I can win the psychological game of even being with my buddies, taking out everybody else. That may be the hard part. Um, and I think this is even more difficult in a situation like in Battle Royale, where you know everybody. I mean, that'd be like me taking out like my high school class. I had a very small 100-person class. I knew everybody. Some people would be easy to take them out, but for the most part, <laughs> I'd feel bad about it. And I think that's the psychological game we have to win here. Well, I think that's one of the interesting twists of Hunger Games is the society has really trained them to be against the other areas in a right, way. Yeah. Right. So except and, and depending on where you're coming from, which area, you know, your other person from that area may or may not be like viewed as a competitor or a partner. Clearly Katniss and Peta, you know, have a relationship at some level. But in the other districts, you know, they might view themselves purely as competition and not work together. So, mm -hmm. so you got an added twist on that, Dan, which is some people you may have a real close bond with, but the rest you're kind of predisposed to getting rid of. Um, right. And, 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 and depending which district, your level of predisposition is more or less. Like Katniss and Peter are kind of at the bottom of the food chain and they know it. So they wouldn't mind partnering with anyone because they're like, we're screwed. 
Yeah, it's tough to see the level of uh, discrimination between the different districts. Uh, you, it, It's one of the great things about Katniss is that she's able to bo- make that bond with District 11 through Rue and, and start, you know, be able to trust other people. Um, and you can see the the failure in the upper districts, uh, you know, with districts one and two, that they're they don't really work very well together because they're they're bred to win, not to uh, work together. I think you know. Here's an interesting thought I just had: is in a situation like this, in a lot of ways, the traits that help you succeed in a society are not the traits you need to succeed in the Hunger Games. You need to go back to that primal, primitive. Um, you know, fight or flight mentality. You want a psychopathic racist uh, to go into that because they're going to have no problem disposing of everyone who's not like them. And that's a huge advantage. And that's what's interesting here. When you're doing your psychological test, Ben, you want to find that guy uh, <laughs> or girl and you want to get on board with them just to make sh- just making sure that you're not in the group that they don't like making sure you're part of their group and not every other group but I think you got to align yourself with one of these loose cannons I don't know Dan I think you really just have to kind of feel it out and see are they making other friends because you definitely know definitely types definitely right. not. <laughs> so those types of people if, yeah. if they're if they're loners from the get-go mm-hmm. uh it's easy for your group of two, three, four to take them out early and not have to worry about these psychos running around. Uh, I, th- I think actually it's the opposite. I think it's about working in a so- society that helps you out in these situations. Can I ask you a quick question before you answer, Denon? Because I want to hear what you have to say. Ben, do you know any any of these psychopaths? Have you ever encountered one of these uh, uh, lunatics? Uh, they're they're hard to kill. If I've got a group <laughs> of let's say five Denons and four Bens, so a nine person mm-hmm. group, I would mm-hmm. rather go into that group <laughs> with one other lunatic racist <laughs> psychopath uh, than five of you guys, or even five of me. I'm I'm nothing. I'm <laughs> I think they're they're much more. The ability to turn off that the empathy is such an advantage in a game like this. I don't think it can be understated. And I think it actually is such an advantage in my mind that primitive nature, it will, I think that's a better strategy than groups of people who are ineffective. That's, that's my thought. I don't know. What do you think then? And am I, am I wrong on this? Am I, am I, am I just as crazy? You know, I think it's real. It it goes to a couple of things. It's, do you have time for an end game or not, okay. right? Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I play a lot of Dominion um, with my kids, one mm-hmm. of the, you know, build the deck games. And if I know the game's going to be short, I have an advantage. It just turns out my strategy tends to be bad for the long game. I'm not real good at building a deck, but if I can get some of the, you know, <laughs> points early on sure. then and, and get the game to end, I win. If we go into a long game, I'm probably going to be in trouble because I'm not Got good it. at the building the deck. Likewise here... To Ben's point, if the five of us can quickly take out the psychopath, it makes the end game better, right? Because we've mm-hmm. eliminated right. someone who, yeah. who can who who will betray and will be able to kill. Um, if it's going to be a short game, I'm totally with you, Dan, that this psychopath is gonna like if they can get in quickly, yeah. Um, and so it goes to the environment, how the game's set up, really. You know, is this going to be a quick everyone shoot everybody? Uh oh, yeah. I don't. I want to be behind this guy, and then when he least suspects it, stab him. You know, right. <laughs> like, but but if 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 I'm going to have time to strategize and gang up on him, 
I'm going, you know, the Ben route. And a third factor, you know, the Hunger Games, you mentioned the social element. You, you have the sponsors, right? If mm -hmm. I can make it a long game, and look, I, I'm a television personality. Yeah, the, the viewers may or may not know, you know, I'm on Ancient Aliens streaming on Netflix. Right, right? And, and The Unexplained, I, which is also streaming. And, and The Unexplained. And so I've got a good fan base to send me those gems that you need, sure. right? Sure. So people are going to want to partner with me, Dad. They don't want to kill me early. Yeah. They're, they're going to want to kill me later after we get the cool stuff. That's. I mean, that's an excellent point. Uh, I just think, I don't think you can undervalue a psychopath in a situation like this. That's all I'm saying. I think that they're extraordinarily useful. <laughs> I'm with useful. you on that. You I want one on your team. You can't undervalue the television personality either. I think that's also true. I think that's also true. You need both for uh, on a winning team. But the other thing you need on a winning team is, of course, weapons. How are you going to do the deed? You know, Ben, you're talking about uh, fish hooks and throwing people from airplanes. Uh, Denon, you're talking about um, uh, traps of, of an undescribed nature. We don't exactly know the details of these traps. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. My weapon of choice would be distance. There's no way I could, you know, take someone right. out up close. I'm a pretty good shot, so I've got to have some kind of ranged weapon that is not a bow. That that's where I'm going. Uh, but w I want to hear more about these traps, then. And, and what other weapon would you use in case the traps fail? Well, you know, a as you pointed out, Dan, right? My my key is the secret weapon no one expects, mm -hmm. and that is the F Triple G TB bug. <laughs> Right. Like, you, you whip one of these things out, yep. they're distracted, they're confused, they yep. really want one, they're yep. trying to get onto the internet to buy it, Dan, right. and while all that's happening, they're a sitting duck, I, whatever trap I have, whatever, whether it's a log, a stick, a, a bow, they're yep. done at that point. So, this is really all it takes, and I just make sure I never leave home without it. And, you know, it's sometimes I can't disclose where, you know, it's going to be hard for the searchers to find it, yep. so I can sneak it into the arena, and... That's I'm, wonderful. I've got game over. <laughs> I love it. That's great. And I think everyone at home should grab one and make sure they never leave home without it as well. Absolutely. But another important thing is if, if you need something that's both good for survival and for weapon, you can get the Fascinating oh. Gadgets Gizmos gear-based technology stainless steel uh, water bottle, right. which you can both use to store the fresh water that you find in various places in the environment and take it with you, but you can also hit people over the head with it. Right. <laughs> a canteen or a club. It's got two purposes that will survive yeah. you. com backslash merch is the way to do it. I'm even promoting our stuff despite the fact that I'm working against everyone actively, <laughs> uh, which is going to be my strategy. And, and you know, I, I think when it comes to you know, when you're looking at the type of weapons you're going to use, whether you use a mug, whether you use a water bottle, <laughs> I think you have to choose what you do beforehand, your, your, your how you prepared you are beforehand, and what weapon you choose in the game is actually important. So I want to come back to this, Dan, and I like the mug, of course. Who doesn't like talking about mugs? But I want to know about these traps. What exactly are you going to do, and what is your backup plan? Do you Are you going to carry a Bowie knife? Um, are you going to be able to run someone through with, with uh, a bayonet? What, what are you doing? Well, I really think a lot depends on how we go into it. And I'm going to okay. use the Hunger Games version <laughs> where I have some time to practice and train and think, okay. right? Because yeah. I think that, that allows you to do what you just said, prepare and think about what you're doing. Um, clearly, my, you know, I've picked up the, the bow um, you know, in my um, you know, pandemic world. Um, I, I do actually like the bow. I know you mentioned preferring not to have a bow, but it has two things for me, range and silence. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're focusing on camouflage and traps, I mean, I know you can put a silencer on a gun. I'm not sure, you know, they're going that advanced in the tech um, that they're letting you have. I want to point out something really quickly here while you finish. In the zombie apocalypse, a lot of people use bows because that'll signal the zombies. So bows exactly. are silent, deadly. I like it. Yeah, no, so the bow is good. And I think, you know, I really struggle with the up close. I mean, like I said, for the traps, a, a lot of things, I was semi-serious about the logs, right? Like things falling on people are a good trap. <laughs> sure. um, spiked pits. <laughs> yeah. um, th- I, I prefer the things falling. They feel quicker to build. A yeah, spike right. pit is probably going to take me too long. And you need a to shovel. Be honest. You're not using your you hands. You need a shovel. Yeah. You need to dig. You need to cover it up. Um, you know, I, I like the misdirection traps, the trap within a trap. You know, a trap that's just slightly obvious so the smart people like you find it Got think it. they've safely gone past it. <laughs> and then the real trap hits them. <laughs> right. It hits right? You. Like, yeah. you know, it's the layered, it's the layered attack, Dan. These are the things I'm going for. If I have to get up close and personal, there's just something fun about a sword. Sure. (laughs) I mean, at that point, I'm dead anyway, so I figure I might as well go out um, in fun. I'd probably be the dude spinning the sword fancy and somebody else just pulls out his gun and shoots me, a.k.a. Indiana Jones. I'm on the losing end of that one. (laughs) I can see you like uh, like Butch in Pulp Fiction where he's got he puts takes a handgun, puts it down, shotgun, puts it down, then grabs the katana that's sitting on top. uh, Right. Exactly. So I I can see you doing that. Uh, What about you, Ben? What is your do you have a a long distance and a close up strategy here weapon wise? Yeah. Well, I think I'd want the bow for all the reasons we've stated prior uh you know but i think for the close arms i'd want something more of an arm's reach because one thing about survivals is if you get in a knife fight you're going to get cut Mm -hmm. and then it's going to get infected and you're going to die anyways right so (laughs) it's really important that if you're going to be in a melee that you need you want some range so you aren't getting cut yourself so i feel i'd go with like say the trident or the spear (laughs) you know something uh, of you know a bit longer so that I could hopefully keep my opponent from actually cutting me. Uh, that way I don't get infected and die from that. <laughs> what about a shield? What about like something you could have on your arm, like a buckler or something? Uh, maybe I, I feel like that might be too heavy in mm-hmm. this situation to be carrying around, but sure. you know, it might work. I think that's right. That's a great. I, I think pole arms are the way to go. A spear's probably the best because you could make that. Sort of, mm-hmm. but you, I mean, if they're not, if they don't, um, in a lot of the shows that we're, and movies we've talked about, they're providing weapons. Uh, but mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Keep someone at a distance because you don't want them getting in close uh, because then it gets real hairy uh, really quickly. Yep, and exactly. I, you know, in closing here, I want to mention, Dennett, you know, you, you said you were a TV personality. We all kind of chuckled and laughed because that doesn't give you an advantage. But it absolutely <laughs> does for a couple of reasons. Anyone who's setting up this type of fight, and I'm going to metagame here a little bit, but anyone who's setting this up is going to want to broadcast it to people. This happens in The Hunger Games. It's a TV show. Survivor is a TV show. And even in Battle Royale, there are people watching this event. So there is something about story. They use it to their advantage in The Hunger Games, where someone tells a better story. They're able to give themselves a little bit of an edge. So you might be onto something here, Denon. And by that logic, you may be the most valuable person (laughs) In the games, I oh well, Dan. I'm always the secret most valuable player. Right. I don't always get the vote, but you know, I'm I'm quietly behind the scenes low, earning it. Low key MVP. Yeah, low key MVP. <laughs> um, I, so I, I I'm t- totally with you. And like I said, particularly if you're getting these little helpful things, you know, to Ben's point, you're likely to get infected, and then the parachute drops with the medicine, 
and all is good because people liked you. Yeah. I think that I think that's the move. Uh, what about you, Ben? Do you do you like this idea of would you team up with Denon as a celebrity, or would you uh, try to go against him to eliminate his advantage? Uh, I think I think team, teaming up with Denon would work better for the camera. So I think that's the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, they call it in pro wrestling getting the rub, which means you want to team your team up with someone who's better than you. Uh, and I'm going with you too, Denny, because I want some of that celebrity to rub off on me as well. Uh, and I think that that's the perfect <laughs> way because that's what we're trying to do uh, is, is be cele- we're we're many celebrities. You know, there's a couple a thousand people who like us, right? So that's yeah. uh, that's something. Uh, I'm going to use that as a little bit cachet in the. And we would just enhance ourselves, Dan. It would only grow. Exactly. It's only it's <laughs> exactly. only it's only grown from there. Uh, but you know, how do you grow from here? Uh, the, the easy way to grow from here is to learn a little bit more about what we're talking about here. We got an errors, additions, and omissions section. This is things we wanted to talk about, but we didn't quite get to. Uh, so, Denon, is there anything about the Hunger Games, Battle Royale, Survivor that we didn't talk about that you wanted to mention? Well, I have to say, one thing is just when we talk about the Hunger Games piece. I do love, you know, the psychological element in that particular one. There is the third enemy, which is the people running the game. Right. Mm-hmm. And I really love the two ways they address that, right? In the first one, um, Katniss saying, look, we're just both going to die. And the people in charge realizing that their system only works if they have a winner, mm-hmm. right? They discovered the flaw in their system. They try and fix that in the in the next one where they bring all the people back and say, okay, that is not an allowed solution. Um, as you are so clever of doing with um, um, Ben and I, giving us unallowed solutions to make it better. Um, <laughs> but, but even there they fail because they make the mistake of bringing back the people who they promised an easy life to. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're like, nope, we're taking that away. And, and, and it is interesting to watch that dictators – almost always make those type of mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. It is hard as a dictator to not make mistakes eventually. There's just, all it takes is one, you know, as they say, you have to be successful every time as a dictator. Um, The enemy only has to be successful once. So so Hunger Games does a good job of sort of, I think, getting at that element of it. And and what seems kind of goofy on the surface, but it's probably realistic underneath. And then my one other era in addition, I, I love the spears. I love the pole arms. I have to admit, I'm kind of a Robin Hood quarterstaff kind of guy. And that mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. make yourself right. um, and does give you reach. And uh, a lot of the books I read, the quarterstaff beats the sword every time. So even though the sword's fun, um, I have a little bit of a bias towards a quarterstaff. And that was my error. I probably should have gotten quarterstaff, not sword. That, that's okay. I mean, I think that nature probably made the quarterstaff. Um, and humans just crafted it, so to speak. Right, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And we do know nature is... Um, <laughs> Best test. And I, biology is nature's, nature's technology. technology. I just, I blew it, Dan. I blew it. You did. Another <laughs> error. <laughs> I, teed you, I teed you up for that one. Uh, and just like that is an adage, this is probably our most, you know, quote-filled episode of all time, uh, for sure. Now, what about you, Ben, as our quote master, the man who cannot say anything without it being put on a shirt? Uh, what Do you have any errors uh, about this that you wanted to talk about? Dan, speaking of errors, there's one big error I saw in the Hunger Games movie, and that was when they're giving CPR to PETA. That's not how you do it. Uh, go online, take a CPR course, uh, learn the right way to do it so you don't leave your friend dead, which is what almost certainly would have happened during the Hunger Games. Uh, and the other important thing is, if, if you're in that situation and you're either giving CPR or you're not giving CPR, make sure someone calls for help right away because that's the most important thing. Uh, 
Unfortunately, they could not do that, though, in the Hunger Games. Hey, the more you know. Now you know and knowing is half the battle, is what I always say. And we're talking about battles. Uh, now, I will I will say one other thing just as an addendum. Uh, if you are in the Hunger Games and one of your friends uh, is, is having trouble breathing, just let it go. Uh, he's got to go <laughs> at some point. Let nature take its course. That way you don't get your hands dirty, uh, which I think is really what we've been trying to avoid this entire episode is getting our hands dirty. Uh, so another way, uh, my errors additions and omission section. So what are the things that I liked about this, again, like you said, Denon, where PETA camouflages himself and he, he makes himself look like a log. And my, I did a fascinating now episode on holiday cakes. The Bouche de Noel is a, a delicious cake that is made to look like a log. So his story holds up completely. Uh, and, and, you know, check out that episode. <laughs> and, you know, if you find yourself in this situation, go ahead and paint yourself like a tree stump. Uh, the other thing is I got hooked on Survivor, guys. Uh, I didn't want to admit it. I'm actually really <laughs> liking the show. And I I realized that I would be the first person voted off. I am in no way, shape, or form uh, delusional that I would be the one who would be saved. I'd be probably number one or number two voted off. Uh, and I think that they, you learn a lot of interpersonal skills about surviving. So I think it's extremely valuable. Uh, and, you know, the other thing that's extremely valuable getting in touch with us, asking your questions. Let us know. Uh, you can get in touch with us on the, the show on Twitter at FGGGBTPod, on Facebook at FGGGBT. But you may want to give us advice individually. You may want to be our sponsor and tell us something that can help uh, help us uh, you know, undermine the other person in this situation. So, Denon, how can people get in touch with you to give you their advice? Well, Twitter and Instagram are always great. You just flip my name. That's at Denon Michael. If you're a professional, you can do that on LinkedIn. But if you're old school, you can go Facebook. You just got to step stick in the prof. It's at Prof Den and Michael. Um, so those are good ways to get in touch with me. Ben, where can people find you? People can find me on all the major social media networks at B Seepser. How do you spell that? Spell that B-S-I-E-P-S-E-R. And I can be found on Twitter at Daniel J. Glenn, on Instagram at the Daniel J. Glenn, and on Facebook at analytical mastermind and if you want to send a question to the show you want to go old school not not you know carrot not parchment and paper old school not carrier pigeon old school not even snail mail i'm talking about electronic email the kids are calling it email e for short and that's questions at f and if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform make sure to rate review and subscribe and if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe, and ring that bell so you never miss an episode. And finally, we've given you lots of information that can be misused by those like myself who are hell-bent on world domination. Now, it is your duty to take what we've said and do good with it. Remember, no matter the situation, you want to be a superhero, not a supervillain. Well, maybe you do want to be a supervillain because i am really kind of been enjoying it this episode. But either way, thank you for listening. Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies is a Glencoe production and is produced by me, Daniel J. Glenn. The Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies introduction was produced by Daniel J. Glenn and Paul Springers with music and sound design written and performed by Paul Springers. Now, of course, if you're listening to this episode and you've gotten this far, you're going to want to subscribe. Well, how do you do that? We're on all the major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. But if you're not already subscribed to those platforms, I made it easy for you. Go to our website, fgbt.com. You'll find links to those subscribe buttons and also links to our social media, both for the show 
and for our individual experts, the members of the Brain Trust, that's all right there, ffgbt.com. And before you leave, don't forget to check out our other episodes. You can find the link at the top of the page for everything we've got, and you'll notice that we've got both a YouTube version and an audio-only version, depending on what you like. We got it for you, and if you do like those videos, you can go ahead and subscribe to those as well. We're on youtube.com backslash Daniel J. Glenn. And once again, if you like this show, you're going to like everything that I do. Go to danieljglenn.com to find out more. Thank you for listening.